faithwire.com. The latest details on the horrific shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and some incredible stories of survival. We'll have that and more on today's podcast, the 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Today is Friday, May 27th, 2022. I am Dan Andros, managing editor of CBNnews.com, faithwire.com. And I'm joined, as always, by Trey Goins, Phillips, and Billy Hallowell, CBN's Faithwire.com, with a look at what we're covering on the podcast today. How's it going, guys? What's up? Well, we made it. And yes. it's a, you know, it's a three-day weekend on top of it right. all. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I'm feeling, yeah. I'm just feeling somber today, guys. These weeks where you've got to go through and read all, every detail of, of these kinds of stories, I'm just... I'm like emotionally yeah. spent this week. I'm, if I'm being honest, like I can't, yeah. Yeah. you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but that's just uh, on a Friday going into the weekend, like you're saying, but I'm just like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's painful. It's been a painful week yeah. looking and watching this shooting and coming off of the Buffalo shooting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else, what else we have on tap? So libs of TikTok. This one's uh, not not as sad, but yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so libs of TikTok has been suspended from yet another social media platform. Mm. Uh, so we'll get into the details of that story. And we'll be talking about the NRA and a bunch of issues that are going on there, including a number of musical acts and speakers and politicians who have pulled out of the annual meeting that's going on yeah, right now. Very interesting reaction there. Um, and the timing of all that. Very, very uh, interesting indeed to watch that all play out. So we're going to start here with some more details on this shooting. And I, and I want to start because there is a lot of confusion. And we're, we on this podcast are not going to um, jump to conclusions. There is a lot of talk right now about the police that didn't go in. And did they did they wait and, while, and hold parents from going in? Um, there's videos that have popped up on social media and those details are not 100% clear yet there, there's conflicting reports all over the place and this is the one of those times where it's best to exercise restraint and not make a declaration and settle into some sort of a narrative just yet we don't know all the details yet we're just starting to hear some of this stuff and um, you know in regards to the police going in I think maybe maybe they acted poorly maybe they acted cowardly um, we don't know yet because this is a little bit different of a shooting, guys, than um, we've seen in other instances where it's very quick. This one took almost an hour. And um, when you're when you're looking at that, you know, you, it just makes you think, well, what was it a hostage situation? Was it a because um, uh, he barricaded himself into one of the classrooms? And so we don't know yet if there were some kids still alive. I mean, there might be some legitimate reasons as to why you wouldn't just rush in there because maybe there were some other lives at stake even if the shooting had started already. So there are just a lot of unanswered questions. And so it's uh, I think it's a fool's errand to go ahead and try to assign blame, assign narratives, and make these conclusions based on some early reports that a lot of times come out wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's there's... I mean, there's just all kinds of things. And, and you always have bad actors in these situations. Like there's a viral tweet going around from someone who claimed to have lost a nephew in the shooting. And then they said that Governor Abbott's office came to their door and offered them money to stand with them at a press conference. And that if they refused and then went to the press, that, quote, people disappear all the time, end quote, is what they said with a threat. Now, 
obviously this is highly probable that it's fake and what an accusation to make there but all these blue checks were tweeting that around and without any fact checking whatsoever so uh, and then somebody Andy No looked into the to the person who tweeted this and they have a history of making things up and um, lying about things saying a nephew was killed in something else so looks pretty much like that one was fake but all these people are sharing this so the point being here exercise caution before you settle into you know making any claims especially you know in a time like this where people are grieving it's just it just adds grief upon grief when these families have to see all this stuff come out but that said while we're waiting for those facts to come in we will reserve judgment on that and, and reporting on that until we have verified facts on what actually happened, which we don't yet. Um, we just have bits and pieces, and some of that is still unconfirmed. So I want to go now to a couple of these stories of survival and heroes that we've been doing the last couple of days because they keep kind of trickling in. And CNN had an interview with an 11-year-old survivor uh, of this shooting, and she survived in a, an incredible way. And her name is Maya Cirillo. And um, she said that her classmates were watching the movie uh, Lilo and Stitch in the classroom with the two teachers who we've talked about, uh, Eva Morales and Irma Garcia, who were both killed. Um, they were finished with their lessons for the day when the teachers got word there was a shooting in the building. Um, and when so they heard that news. And so one of the teachers went to lock the door. But Maya said the shooter was already right there and shot out the window in the door. Um, she just described it. She said it happened so fast. She said that ba- that shot through the window backed her teacher up into the classroom and the gunman followed in. And she said that he made eye contact with one of the teachers and said, good night, and then shot her right in front of all the kids. And then he opened fire, shooting the other teacher and many of her classmates. She said bullets were flying by her. Fragments were hitting her shoulders and head. Um, just a horrific scene. And so then after that initial shooting stopped, said he went through the door into an adjoining classroom where she heard screens and more shots in that classroom. And um, after those shots stopped, then she said he started playing loud music. She described it as sad music. Uh, then um, she, th- this is the part where she decides, you know, she's worried now that he might come back in. Um, and so she actually gets her... Um, teacher's phone or teacher who had passed away and grabbed the phone and called 911 told the dispatcher please come we're in trouble Uh, she was scared that the gunman was going to come back and kill her and a few other of the friends who had survived the first classroom shooting and so what she did is she dipped her hands in the in the blood of a classmate who was laying next to her already dead and then smeared it all over herself and she pretended to be dead she said it quote felt like three hours that she lay there Obviously, it wasn't quite that long, but, you know, in a situation like that, when it lasted 40 to 60 minutes, that's an eternity. That is an eternity in a situation like that. She must have been absolutely terrified. Um, and so, but she managed to survive. And um, they described uh, the, the report there on CNN described that while they were recording this interview, um, that, that the cell phone went off during it and it like kind of triggered her and that her parents said that, you know, anything like loud noises that are going off right now are just really like kind of frightening her and startling her, which is totally understandable. And you just, I mean, goodness, just pray for these kids that survived uh, as well as the families who are struggling right now. Cause you think about the trauma that they're going to be going through to, 
to do to go through something like that. But incredible, incredible quick thinking there by by this young lady. And she's alive because of it in large part. I mean, it very likely could have gotten shot again if she if because who knows if she was playing dead, maybe the shooter peeked back in. You have no idea. But uh, very quick thinking, um, good survival instinct there in the midst of a crazy, crazy, horrible, horrible situation. So, all right, guys. So the second part of this, another uh, hero in this was a Border Patrol agent. We mentioned it earlier this week about how he went over there and allegedly got into, you know, helping take down the shooter. That part of it's unclear. It doesn't sound like he actually engaged the shooter that we know of yet, but uh, he did get a text from his wife, who's a teacher at that school, uh, and his daughter's also there, and it just said help, uh, and that there was an active shooter going on, and she and and she wrote quote help, uh, I love you, and he was getting a haircut. This is Jacob Alvarado, and he was getting a haircut at the time, and he borrowed a shotgun from his barber, and the barber then came with him and headed down to where his wife and second grade daughter were hiding in the school. And so she was, the, the young girl who was eight, was locked in the bathroom with his wife. And uh, she was locked in the bathroom. His wife was underneath a desk with her students in the classroom. Um, and so then he helped and started working with um, uh, authorities who were there to help evacuate uh, the people out of there. It says, while a, while a CPB elite tactical team was planning to take out the shooter, Alvarado coordinated with other officers to get as many children out as possible he started in the area where his wife had said their daughter was hiding, rescuing other children and teachers along the way. Two other armed officers covered him during the rescue, and another two helped the children and teachers to safety. Um, so incredible acts of heroism there um, and quick thinking that surely saved a lot of lives because, I mean, this could have been worse as bad as it was. But uh, but guys, again, like this is why I want to hold out a holdout reservation on on the judgment um, and that's and that's why it matters here. I mean, obviously, continued prayers as we're hearing these stories, and as I said, continued prayers for the people that have gone through this and that have survived. In addition to the ones who have lost their children, just horrific. Um, and then also, we had one of the teachers; their husband passed away from a heart attack after you know putting his wife to um, lay in, laying her to rest after she had gotten shot. One of those teachers, her husband then died, leaving four kids behind. So there's so many things to pray for, so many ways as Christians we can help. I'm sure there's GoFundMes out there. Um, I don't have them directly in front of me yet, but we'll we'll add them to our stories when, when they become available. But um, we should be looking for ways to help as Christians. But, um, but as far as that narrative goes, you know, I, I'm sure this Border Patrol team that was there working on a way to get in it feels like it might have been more of a hostage situation. Maybe there were still some people alive where they didn't know if anybody was alive in there and the shooting had stopped. So it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know the facts of it yet. We will report them as soon as we have them. But, uh, but again, horrible situation all around. Um, but there certainly were heroes in it. Certainly, especially young heroes, these kids that called 911 that thought to to do the things they did in a, in that situation is is really truly remarkable. It is. And I think as we hear these stories and we reflect on them, you went through some of the most heartbreaking ones. Um, you know, it forces us to think deeper about all of this, right? You know, the, the human impact of this is just 
unbelievable. And it's going to go on for decades and decades and decades. As you were saying, people are not, you know, these kids who are recounting these horrific things that we can't even imagine as adults, they are going to have this in their consciences for forever, for the rest of their lives. They're never going to forget these events. And the most heartbreaking stories with the kids outside of the children, they're all heartbreaking stories. Um, I can't imagine rubbing, you know, blood on yourself to try, even think that you would need Mm. to do that. The fact that she, she thought of that, I, I can't even pick my own, you know, nine-year-old being in that situation. But I think about that teacher's husband, just, mm. you know, the other piece of this that obviously the, the victims that are there that saw it, but then their family members who also live with the pain. I mean, this is a multi-generational thing um, when these things happen. It's just so tragic. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and then obviously we know intellectually how rare these things are uh, when they unfold this way, but that doesn't really like that doesn't really mean much to yeah. I, I think people in the moment. I, I think also about the parents who are now dropping their kids off at their schools, which you know almost guaranteed they're going to be fine, of course. But mm-hmm. the, I can't help but think about the fear and anxiety and trepidation that so many parents probably feel now about you know letting their little boy or little girl go and get out of the car and go into the classroom and not knowing what. Um, what the might unfold throughout the day. So yeah, yeah, I think there it has a ripple effect. It's not just the people who are in the classroom who are affected. Obviously, uh, they're the ones who most need our prayers, and uh, that's that's where the greatest uh, and most horrific tragedy has unfolded. Mm-hmm. But it impacts society, like both of y'all are saying, and there are, there are a lot of people who are going to be feeling the pain of this. So. Um, you know, more than anything, I think it's an opportunity and culture doesn't like this. The secular culture doesn't like this. They talk about how if we, we don't need to be praying. We need to be doing things that doesn't work. It's, it's not where our focus should be, but as Christians, we know prayer is powerful. So we need to be praying and petitioning, uh, God, um, for peace for, and comfort for these people because they, they have a tough road ahead. And, and also I'm just praying for the the parents of, of kids around the country who are struggling with anxieties, they're dropping mm. their kids off at school. Yeah, indeed. So, all right, story number two. So Libs of TikTok, of course, the viral social media account known for sharing content posted by leftist accounts on social media, has been suspended from Instagram. So in a tweet posted Thursday night, Libs of TikTok published a screenshot of the suspension notification from Instagram, informing the account holder that its handle had been blocked because, quote, the account or activity on it doesn't follow our community guidelines. Uh, They didn't give uh, any specifics, Instagram, about what uh, policy or, or, you know, where specifically Libs of TikTok went wrong and and skirted the rules. Uh, But the popular account has been given 30 days to, quote, disagree with this decision. Uh, And if their dispute is not, if there is no dispute or if their dispute is unsuccessful, uh, the Libs of TikTok page on Instagram will be permanently removed from the platform, which we should note is owned by Facebook's parent company, uh, Meta. So at the time of the of our story's publication, which is up on faithfire.com, uh, the libs of TikTok Instagram account was in fact unavailable. You couldn't you couldn't get to it. It just says that there's no uh, that there's no account associated with that handle, uh, at least right now. So this is hardly the first time that libs of TikTok has faced censorship threats and has faced attacks from the media, as we've talked about before. So in April, uh, Twitter, which is where Lips of TikTok first, you know, kind of gained notoriety, uh, was briefly suspended uh, for 12 hours. Uh, Twitter cited, quote unquote, hateful conduct carried out by the page. But like Instagram, 
Twitter did not give any sort of specificity as to why <laughs> they were suspended. Um, they just said that they violated the hate hateful conduct policy, uh, which, by the way, says you may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. So obviously it's a very broad umbrella, but still... You would think that these social media platforms, if if one of their account holders, particularly a very popular one that brings these pages or brings these platforms a whole lot of traffic, if they're going to suspend them, uh, you would think that they would give them a little bit of information uh, as to why they're being suspended. Uh, so news of the Twitter suspension, which came in April, uh, came, uh, it was shared first by Seth Dillon, who's the CEO of the Babylon Bee, which they've also dealt with their own censorship. Uh, so uh, they've been uh, uh, banned from Twitter uh, since mid-March. Uh, they were also suspended uh, for violating the hateful conduct rules. Uh, this time, Twitter did give them some specifics. Uh, the post in question uh, that got them in trouble was a, satir a satirical post uh, describing the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, who is a male but identifies as a transgender be uh, female. Uh, the Babylon Bee wrote a post uh, titling Levine, quote-unquote, the Babylon Bee's Man of the Year. <laughs> uh, they have, so far, the Babylon Bee has refused to remove that tweet uh, and Twitter has said, if you just delete the tweet, you can regain access. Uh, but Seth Dillon told us uh, that he's not going to do that. He's not going to, quote, bend the knee is what he said. If Twitter wants it removed, they can remove it. Uh, but he said, we're not going to remove it because we see no problem with it, uh, particularly because I think free speech, they should be allowed to say it. Uh, you know, regardless of, of whether it's offensive to people or not, it's a satire site. They should be able to be uh, satirical. So that's where that stands, and they have not tweeted, the Babylon Bee has not tweeted since uh, March 20th. So as for libs of TikTok, the other thing that's gotten them in the news recently, and I think why this story is so interesting, is we've talked about this. Taylor Lorenz at the Washington Post uh, was accused last month of doxing uh, the account holder for libs of TikTok, which uh, had, had been very clear about a desire to stay anonymous and also messaged family members and people associated with uh, with the account holder for libs of TikTok. So Lorenz did did a whole lot of stuff that, that she was highly critical of. Uh, and then she claimed in an op-ed uh, without really backing herself up much. Uh, well, it, it was a report, but it should have been an op-ed, I should say. It, it was not it was painted as a <laughs> as a news report. Uh, but she said that libs of TikTok plays a significant role in, quote, shaping right wing media and impacting anti LGBTQ legislation and influencing millions by posting viral videos aimed at inciting outrage among the right. So that was her justification for doing everything she did. And of course, as we've talked about on this podcast before, she faced a whole lot of criticism uh, on social media from conservatives and Christians and, and other people uh, who, who thought her treatment of the anonymous, well, once anonymous owner of the lives of TikTok uh, account was was improper. So that's where this story stands right now. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Instagram, but they've got 30 days to rebut their suspension. Hmm. And here we go again. Another another conservative leaning account. Right. Always in one direction. Always right? in one direction. You don't see too many of these accounts getting suspended the other way. And uh, there have been a few undercover videos making the rounds of Project Veritas and others, you know, showing this these Twitter employees that somehow still get duped by this. I don't know how anyone gets duped by this stuff, to be honest with you. 
somebody just comes along and starts asking you all these internal questions about your job, you, you might want to you might want to put up the radar there about uh, is this person legitimate? But they sit there and talk openly about how it's it's very much an an activist vibe at these companies. It's not fairness. Right. Like they say, they're not employing a fairness in an open debate there. It's very one sided and it's evident in how it goes. And it's really insidious. We've talked about this, Trey, on this podcast a lot about how um, uh, it's just very much the the the, the, the mode and the, the, the modus operandi of these companies to silence opposition. And it's just very disturbing that instead of having an open debate, uh, that they want to shut it all down. Like anybody who disagrees with me, it's time to shut it down. It's 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 disturbing, and we've we've basically had it all but confirmed that that is essentially what goes on at these big tech companies. Uh, yet we keep turning to them for for our information, and uh, <coughs> and here is just the latest, and it's it's disturbing that they continue to do this, and very little continues to be done. Well, yeah, and it, it is interesting, too, because obviously we've had a lot of debates about bakers and whether or not same-sex nuptials, they should be able to back out of those weddings. We've had all these debates and discussions, and a lot of people will say the same people who wanted the bakers to make the cake, right? Um, they will say, but these private, you know, these social media companies are private. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a complicated issue because they are private companies, essentially. I mean, they they are, but they also wield a ton of power and it's very different. I mean, if your argument is that a baker needs to make the cake, well, I don't know how you're walking out there arguing that these platforms don't need to allow different viewpoints, right? I mean, it's it to me, there's a real disconnect in a lot of this discussion. So it is interesting to see where that's going to go, because at the end of the day, if this continues as at this pace, when the other side gets some power, people on the right, they they may very well push to regulate. I mean, this has been something that we've seen it even be attempted and proposed in places like Florida um, and around the country. So I'm really interested to see where it goes. I don't think there's any denying it, but yet we'll find even with the trans debate and these other debates, people will say, well, this stuff isn't happening. The right is making it up. And then here we are looking at these examples of it and there's no discernible liberal who's been banned in the same way. So yeah, it's it's definitely disturbing. Yeah, these vague these vague community standards that they just sort of hide under and hide behind. They can say essentially whatever they want, and then you, what recourse do you have? Because you can't really even not evaluate why in the world, or you can't evaluate the merits of the suspension. Really, there's just no way to do it. You don't even know what happened. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, that brings us to our final story. And this is about the NRA convention, the annual convention that actually hasn't been held in a couple of years because of COVID. Um, That convention is happening now from the 27th of May through the 29th. And of course, it's troubling timing for in a lot of people's minds, but this was planned forever ago. This is not something that was planned after the the two shootings that we saw happen. Uh, It just so happens that this event is being held in Houston, Texas. And again, it's happening just days after what we saw happen um, in the Texas school shooting. So let's just break down a little bit of the details on this. Normally, the NRA sort of continues business as usual. People continue to go and they go to speak. But what we're seeing happen in this case is a number of musical acts, speakers and politicians have actually pulled out of the annual meeting. So these were people who were scheduled to be there, scheduled to perform or speak, and they are no longer going with a number of them 
openly saying that the reason they're reversing course is the shooting. Now, among those who are on the list of people who have pulled out is Lee Greenwood, um, popular country music star. He actually issued a statement talking about how heartbroken he is over the shooting at Robb Elementary School and, and basically said here, let me just read part of it. As a father, I join the rest of America in being absolutely heartbroken by the horrific event that transpired this week in Texas. I was scheduled to perform at NRA's private event on Saturday with my band. After thoughtful consideration, we have decided to cancel the appearance out of respect for those mourning the loss of those innocent children and teachers in Uvalde. So he was joined by others. This is not the only performer to make this decision. Don McLean, Larry Gatlin, Larry Stewart, um, a number of others who, again, these are performers. They were scheduled to be there. Uh, Larry Gatlin has spoken out. He actually put a video out because he's taking heat. There are a lot of people who are frustrated with his decision to pull out of the event. Um, and he defended the Second Amendment and gun rights in this video he put up on Twitter. He said he believes in the Second Amendment. He did not refuse to go sing because he disagrees with the NRA. He said he agrees with them on most of what they say, uh, but that he wanted to respect those who were suffering down in Uvalde. And so there are a number of other reactions that are similar to that. He also said, you know, I cannot be canceled. I'm one of God's kids. And so he doesn't seem too concerned about what people are saying. Uh, but he felt, again, much like Greenwood, that this was the right thing to do, that respecting these families, this is the right choice to make. Now, it didn't just stop, though, at performers. As I mentioned at the top here, there were a number of others, including Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He is not going to be attending the event now. He was scheduled to attend as well. He instead is going to go, um, and he's going to go be with the families, obviously, and go to the town and hold a press conference there. Um now, we also have seen uh, Senator John Corrin and, you know, Dan Crenshaw, um, who's a representative. They also were planning to attend. Now, they were not as overt about their reasons. They just said they had schedule changes. Uh, but the most interesting one to me was gun manufacturer, manufacturer Daniel Defense. This is the company that actually manufactured the rifle that was purportedly used by the gunman in the shooting. They were scheduled to be at the NRA, you know, promoting their products. They put out a statement saying they will not be attending um, the NRA meeting. And they actually said it was due to the horrifying tragedy. Those are the exact words that they used. Um, and they said that one of their products was criminally misused. We believe this week is not the appropriate time to be promoting our products in Texas at the NRA meeting. Now, former President Donald Trump, Senator Ted Cruz, um, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, they are all still scheduled to be in attendance there. Um, so lots of people are still going. Um, but there's also been a more general call over the last couple of days to cancel the event or to move it. Uh, the Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner, he said that the city really, you know, they've got a binding contract, so it's not like they could have canceled the event on behalf of, you know, the NRA or just done it or gone, gone around the NRA, that they couldn't do that. But he had encouraged them to postpone it a week or two to allow the families to bury their children. Of course, postponing a massive event is a difficult thing to do. You've spent a lot of money um, and you've you know set everything up. Vendors have booked their travel. So it's a lot easier you know, said than done to just cancel. Uh, but the convention, again, will go on. Uh, it doesn't look like there are any plans to reschedule any of it. It has started today and it will go through the 29th in Houston, Texas. Hmm. Man, I mean, really, really interesting guy. I'm interested in this because, of course, I mean, the initial response that if you're a big Second Amendment 
advocate, if you are a fan of the NRA, you're going to immediately say, well, these people are cowards because honestly, what is the difference between going now and uh, going 10 years after Sandy Hook happened? If somehow this is a negative in relation to this shooting, it should always be a negative, not just this particular time, right? So either you're on board with their message or you're not. Um, so, I mean, I get Governor Abbott because he's actually having to work on this issue. So he's going. So so I don't understand sort of this. This It seems like you're either, uh, you should be either all in with the NRA or you should be all out with the NRA. And either one of those, I mean, whatever you want, that's your opinion. That's fine. Go for it. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, to think that it's it's a harmful message now to go and speak on Second Amendment rights versus um, versus at an earlier time or a later time. Um, I feel like you can. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, that's just that's just my take on it. I don't. I'm not saying one way or another, but um, I just happen to think that it it doesn't feel like a very a logical stance to take to me. But um, but I understand why. Of course, you don't want to you know, be the one on camera at that particular time, especially if it's not your main thing, talking about it in the midst of when everyone's grieving the horrible loss of these children and teachers. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is like we can make and you you mentioned this, Dan, you can make a carve out for the the sitting lawmakers or the sitting governor like right. Abbott because, OK, the, he's the acting governor, so he's got a greater priority here. Uh, so public and political appearances should always take a back seat to actually governing when you're the governor. So uh, I'll uh, give give him that um, that reasoning because I think it's valid. Uh, but the others, I kind of tend to agree with you. I think, well, if this is something that you care about uh, and and you're you're wanting to advocate for a constitutional right, uh, then I, I think the the more logical move would would wouldn't be to cancel, but maybe to temper or maybe to adjust your your plan and know how you're going to speak and what you're going to say, whatever. Certainly, be sure to meet the moment. Obviously, because this is something that's going on. It's on the hearts and minds of Americans all around the country. And really, honestly, I kind of think the NRA is a perfect opportunity. Um, for people who are advocates of the Second Amendment to get up and, and say, this is what the Second Amendment is for. This is how it has been abused in this instance. Uh, and really make a make a clear case for the Second Amendment by speaking out against this kind of just vile and evil stuff. And I think the fear whenever stuff like this happens is as awful and deplorable and, and just evil as it is, is we want to be careful not to take knee-jerk actions, whether it's legislatively, politically, whatever, uh, and do things that will make us feel emotionally good because we're grieving, um, but but then hurt us down the line, right? So, I, you know, I think that's something to be to be careful about. But like you said, everybody's entitled to make the decision that, that, that they're most comfortable with, and I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend to understand their motives or to think that their motives are anything other than than good. So, you know, yeah. it's it's up well, to each individual person. When you're a performer, so I'll add this to it because I think this is important. You know, if you're a performer who's getting on a plane and going to Texas, right, yeah. and you're making this decision to do that, you know, you're in the same state where this event happened, you're – 
you know, I think there is, there are some optics there. Like, why can't you get on a plane and go comfort those families or perform for, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's something to that where I actually think the performers probably have the strongest argument for saying, you know, this is probably, this is not just like a convention where we get sure. together. It's a rah, 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 yeah, don't yeah. pry the guns from my cold dead hands right. event, right? right? Which is fine. That's, you know, this is a constitutional right. But um, I think because of that, I understand the feeling that maybe it's not the most appropriate time sure. in the NRA's defense. They had planned this forever. You know, what's the best thing to do? Maybe, maybe it would be to move it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. I think, yeah, I think moving it would not be, would not be the, the worst thing to do. I can I can completely understand and appreciate the optics. I think my thing is that if you're going to have it, go ahead and have it, you know, do whatever. Maybe, like I said, temper what you are going to do, how you're going to say adjust to meet the moment, and then maybe find a way to do both, right? Yeah. Like can't, find a way to go. You're in Texas already. Go and honor those families and, and show your respects to those families, speak out for them, and then also do this. I, I, I don't see why you can't do both. I guess that's yeah. my yeah, that's that, a good that, point. That, that's yeah. true. And that's kind of, I guess, what I'm thinking about it because you're not what what one side of this debate wants to say is that that the other side is for these guns and for these shootings and they they don't care that they keep happening etc cetera, etc cetera, when that's not at all of course everyone's appalled by these things these shootings that happen in this this horror show um but it's not about the the gun itself and it's not there is not um an obvious solution that, oh, if we just turn this on, that these things stop happening. So you can talk about the the importance of the right to bear arms and and um, all the responsibilities that come with that. I feel like, like you're saying, Trey, you could probably do both of those in a way that wasn't offensive, that honored these families, because obviously the, the hearts of the nation are with these families in Texas right now. Um, and, you know, and that is where we should keep our focus. And yeah. as we head into this weekend here, this holiday weekend, um, uh, that is that is where uh, that's where I want to leave it is just like, let's just keep praying for these families. Let's find ways to help, as I mentioned before, uh, physically as well, because we're called to do that. Um, and we're called to do both. So it's uh, it's a tough time. It's a tough time for our country, for sure. And um, there's a lot of emotion out there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll see a day soon where we don't have to talk about any more of these shootings. That would be a good thing, I think everybody could probably agree on. So, all right, yeah. that is it for this week and uh, all the time we have for the podcast today. Uh, it is a holiday on Monday, so we'll be back here on Tuesday uh, with more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, of course, and the creek don't rise on us. Uh, but God bless. Have a fantastic uh, three-day weekend. And as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more. So God bless. We'll see you then.